0: God, I wish I was rich. Let's just, let's just get that out in the open. Now, I am a, a frugal person, and I am quite proud of that. Neither Sandra or I are lavish spenders, and we really do not want for any material possessions. But it would just be so great, and some of you probably can relate to this, it would be so great to live debt-free. And to be able to donate larger sums of money to this church and to my favorite causes. And then, after all of that, maybe, just maybe, eh, an apartment near Central Park, nothing lavish or fancy, and maybe one in Locust Point, too. So we can visit both my family and Sandra's family in comfort. Perhaps also a trip to Italy and Spain? I really want to see Rome and Barcelona before I die, and I don't think that any of these requests is beyond the realm of what could be considered reasonable. You know, I I don't ask for much. I really don't. Now, I've only played the lottery once. The Powerball in New York was pushing this record payout. I think it actually went up to like $800 million. And the same time I played it, I was... It's interesting enough, uh, council members from the time, uh, you're going to regret me saying this, but uh, I was also interviewing for a call at Salem. And I hate to tell you guys, but... Had I won the lottery, there is no earthly way I would be here right now. Which might make some of you happy, I don't know. But the sad part is not that I didn't win, but the sad part is that I wasted a dollar. Now, a dollar doesn't sound like much, but I could have used it to buy a drink for a thirsty person. Or I could have used it to purchase something my wife and I actually need. There are millions of people in this, on this earth who live off less than a dollar a day, and here I am just tossing about like it's nothing in a game that I know I will not win. And, and just putting aside the fact that my odds of winning were higher, you know, it was easier for me to get struck by lightning. What if I had actually won? Would I be happier? Because personally, I like being the pastor of Salem. This is a great church with great people, and we do wonderful ministry together. And so sometimes I just ask myself, what is financial security compared to that? Now, I talked a lot last year about examining the barriers that keep us from God. This is a recurring theme in my sermons. And there are a few reasons why that kept coming up. For instance, I think we put a lot of barriers between ourselves and others that prevent us from fulfilling the command to love our neighbor. Anger, hate, prejudice, we give into these feelings too easily rather than allowing ourselves to know people as God has created them. But the other barriers we put up, barriers we misidentify as wants instead of needs, like me winning the lottery, keep us from seeing the many gifts that God has given us. God has never promised us complete happiness. Or financial satisfaction. Those come from a theology of glory. Rather, God provides us with what we need when we pray in the Lord's Prayer for our daily bread the things that we need to keep moving forward, and the gifts of life that come from unexpected places. I've often been asked how God works, and specifically what that means for us as Christians who identify as Lutheran. Now, that's such a broad question, I obviously cannot answer it all in this sermon. But I'd like to focus on grace and how we believe in a God who begins with grace. Grace is simply the unmerited favor God gives to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We see this mentioned in the Gospel of John today, That the word who existed from the beginning of time became flesh on that holy Christmas night. And that word has come to dwell with us. God made this possible not because of anything we did, but because of the will of God. It's not winning the lottery. It is something far greater. Now my favorite illustration of grace, and I, I know some of you have heard me do this plenty of times, so you're welcome to roll your eyes, but I love it. Uh, a pastor friend of mine shared it. Imagine having a rich uncle. Now, as parts of this sermon had been wish fulfillment, I don't think that should be too difficult. Imagine having a rich uncle. This rich uncle puts a million dollars in your bank account. You can not accept it. That money is already there, but you can choose to reject it. And that is how grace works. The writer of Ephesians talks in today's text about the inheritance that we receive. It is not one of financial means. You will not be able to repay your bills with it. Rather, it is an inheritance from what Christ has done for us. By living as the word made flesh in the world, he has taught us how to carry out the will of his father in heaven. And by his death and resurrection, he has defeated death, and given us the grace to live anew. This new year, as in every new year, people are making resolutions about how to improve their lives. They want to go to the gym or save up money to buy a car or cut back on partying. And, you know, I, I'm i not one to really, like, I know there's a popular you know, thing where we kind of snub our nose at, you know, who all is in the gym on January 2nd, it's not there on January 3rd, but I really try not to scoff at people's resolutions. I, I think attempts to improve ourselves are good and well-intentioned, and it's important to try. But for us as people of faith, what if improvement in the new year simply means, just very simply, to live as inheritors of what God has given us according to Ephesians? Now, what if instead of worrying about giving up this or taking on that, we realize what we already have outlined in verses 13 and 14, the word of truth, the gospel of salvation. We are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit in our baptism, pledged of our inheritance towards the redemption as God's own people, to the praise of God's glory. That rich uncle has already put that money in our account, We won the lotto without even needing to buy a ticket. And that seal on our foreheads, the seal of the Holy Spirit, is our constant reminder. We don't have to give up or take anything on the new year to own the grace that we already have. And when we live as free people of Christ, sharing faith, hope, and God's love with all whom we encounter, that grace is shown to others and the world is transformed. It is truly game-changing because grace is not something that can be purchased or earned. And the world desperately needs that grace right now, with both social and climate issues threatening the lives of so many. And it is our responsibility as inheritors of that grace to bear witness to it. I started this sermon with, God, I wish I had won the lottery. And you can't see my notes, but I was using God expressively, with no comma between God and I. Now that's probably against the third commandment, so let me rephrase. God, comma, I thank you that I did not win the lottery, because I forgot that I've already received the greatest Christmas gift of all, the grace of God. Let us, too, be grateful in this new year for that gift of grace, knowing that there is nothing we can do to earn it, but that it is always there for us.